Rainmaker FM. Copy Blogger FM is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those of you who are selling physical products, digital downloads, or membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why more than 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. You can check it out by going to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. Hey there, it is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone, and I'm the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital. And you can also find me hanging out over on the Copyblogger blog. So remember, you can always get the show notes for every episode, additional links, free stuff by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. You'll also find the complete show archive there. So I am delighted today to have a guest who is local to us here in Denver, where I live, Chris Cooper from Real Good Writing. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, just another freaky Friday, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it'll be, Sounds like it. It'll be, uh, so this episode will air on a manic Monday. So it all works. Um, so let's jump into things. Um, I was glad you were able to swing by and just maybe start off with, um, what you do for a living. Who do you do it for? Um, so people kind of know where you're coming from. Sure. I'm a copywriter and a content strategist. Um, I prefer to work with tech and software companies when I can uh, to create B2B lead gen campaigns, sometimes demand gen campaigns. Um, but uh, without getting too technical yet, um, basically helping companies get more customers by building better funnels. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so I thought today we could talk about some of the things that you learned as, you know, um, as a copywriter who is not born a copy, a professional copywriter. Uh, in fact, before you did this for a living, you were actually an English teacher. Is that right? Yeah. Very yeah for cool. eight years. Um, can you talk about kind of how that happened? You know, what led you to go from that one career to something certainly related, right? Command of the English language and knowledge of writing, but yeah. really different in so many ways. Yeah. Um, I, I make the joke that, you know, I taught for eight years and I only tried to quit for five of them, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a, it was a journey, um, that led to, to this. And I, I will be honest, I didn't even know what copywriting was when I, when I started doing this. Um, but basically what had happened was I had tried to find something else to do for a couple of years and, just didn't have a clue what else I was good at. I mean, I went to college to be a teacher. I was, you know, I taught in um, public schools and charter schools, and I was all over the place and in different cities, and that was sort of the thing. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't happy with it anymore. Um, 
In fact, there was a, a Sunday night I was complaining about writing lesson plans and grading essays. And my wife started laughing at me and she said, so literally 90% of your job are the, are the things that you don't like about it. And mm. so it was sort of like the moment where I was like, yeah, she's right. I should yeah, probably yeah. find something else to do. You know, um, the problem was I didn't know what else I was good at. So over a period of time and just telling people that I wanted a different job, but not really knowing what it was, uh, a friend of mine who is a senior partner at a, a little boutique agency here in Denver, um, she was a photographer at the time too. She was taking our family photos and she was asking me about this and she said, well, have you ever thought about writing for someone else? And, and she piqued my curiosity. So I asked her about it and she said, well, we're always looking for good writers, um, and good people and, you know, come by and talk with us. And, um, so I did. And then over my Christmas break of that year, this was in 2013, uh, they gave me a, a small piece of a project they were working on and they loved it and their client loved it. And so they gave me more. And then, um, that sort of started me down this journey of frantically Googling things to figure out what <laughs> yeah. the copywriter was and what they did, you know? So, um, I kind of got a hint of what it could be and it seemed like an opportunity that I should pursue. And that's kind of how I started. And so I was, I was copywriting at night and on the weekends while I was still teaching. And so I would teach all day, come home, put the kids to bed and then mm. uh, work on projects after that until, you know, I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore and then do it again the next day. So yeah, that sounds um, that's how it started. That sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so so you decided to go ahead and and once you found out what a copywriter was, you thought, okay, that's for me. And so you just like immediately found a bunch of clients and started cashing big fat checks or how, how was that at the <laughs> beginning? Um, sort of like that, actually. I, I'm only half laughing at it because um, that was – so I was doing like 15 to 20 hours a week with that boutique agency early on. And this was yeah. like early, like early 2014. Um, and by April I had decided sort of on a whim, I was going to go full time with them and, it, and, and they ended up going under agency review with one of their big clients and they weren't comfortable bringing me on. So, um, that was kind of a, a setback, but my wife said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I'm just going to quit and start a business. And she went, okay. And so we just did that. And, um, that meant I had to find clients though. So I called some people that I knew who freelanced and I just asked them, how do you get clients? And so they gave me a couple of places to get started. And, uh, one of the first things that people recommended was to get a website. So I made a website. I threw together a WordPress site. I had no idea really what I was doing. And, um, I created some profiles on some some different places online to start finding work. And I found within a week of doing that, I found my first client. And then I was kind of off and running. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, so I'm, I'm always curious um, about, you know, these, these kind of self-run freelance businesses. Uh, every one of them looks, I think, a little bit different, you know, because – the, mm -hmm. the people are different. Did you have like a, a turning point or did you have an um, aha moment? Was there some kind of insight that made it different or better or more fun or anything like that? Um, yeah, I think the biggest revelation for me early on was, um, well, first of all, that people were even going to pay me to do this, but, yeah. uh, outside of that, um, 
I just started billing at an hourly rate and I based it on how much I, I broke down my teaching salary, uh, to figure out what my hourly rate was. And I was like, well, if I can do better than that, um, then why not? What I forgot to account for were paying my own taxes and, um, things like that. So that, that was a revelation. And then a few months later, uh, I realized that I hated hourly pricing. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that was, and so right away, um, it just, there was something inherently unnatural about it that, and, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It took me a while to figure it out. I had to do some research and talk to some people and, um, but it's just, it's so ingrained in, in our culture in, across all industries that, um, it's sort of a hard thing to break out of. You really, I really had to shift my mindset around some of it. And so, but anyway, um, moving away from hourly was a big change and then figuring out what that needed to look like. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I, I always counsel people having been counseled myself when I was a freelance writer, um, that hourly, you know, it makes sense because it's how we all do things, but it's, um, among other things, you, you make less money, the better you get, which is not really kind of the way you want to do that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, no. And I, I mean, that's, I, that's absolutely one piece of what it was, was I was doing things so fast, um, out of the gate because I think I just, I, I mean, after teaching writing for eight years and I, you know, I wrote on my own outside of my classroom and stuff, but I had this sort of innate ability, um, from all of that other stuff that was going on before this, uh, that, that I could do it pretty quickly and, and the results were good. And so, yeah, I was being penalized for being good at my job. And I was like, I, you know, I, I'm not working for myself to, to stay where I was. So I had to very quickly figure out some other ways around it. Yeah. Did you, did you have any trouble kind of, cause a lot of people I know who are good, good writers, have a hard time shifting to commercial writing. They, they have a hard time. I don't know. Um, a lot of times they have a hard time. Like they feel like a sellout or they feel like, you know, they don't feel creative. And a lot of times they just have a hard time understanding what business, what businesses want from writing. Did you like, how did you make that jump? Um, I think the, the easiest answer is I just tried a whole bunch of stuff and worked with a whole bunch of different people. Mm -hmm. But, um, aside from that, I, my approach to writing business copy is not much different than writing anything else. I, I still, at the end of the day, feel like if, if this isn't something that would come out of somebody's mouth, then it probably shouldn't be on a page. So, um, I mean, within reason, but you know, when I'm writing B2B copy, my, my focus is on being conversational and, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty outgoing and I will speak to anybody at any time, anywhere. And so if it doesn't feel comfortable to me, I know it's not going to feel comfortable to somebody else. And so that shift for me wasn't hard. I think the, the approach to it is a little bit different, um, in, in the way that you, the, the psychology behind some of it, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, those are all things that can be learned and studied and, um, you know, and really just practiced. I'm, I'm just a big believer in, jumping in and trying it for the first time and sort of figuring it out as you go. So I've never been afraid to, to get my feet wet. Let's talk, actually, let's talk about that because you do, you do specialize in B2B, you specialize in conversion copy and in, um, you know, lead gen, demand gen. How important do you think it is to specialize? Have you found that like really useful? What what have you seen as the benefits? Yeah, I think, 
I, I'm not going to say that I have it figured out. In fact, I'm kind of going through a process right now. But th- it, it, to me, it's constant. It's the constant iteration and the trimming away of what you don't like to get a little bit closer to what you do like. So I, I think for me, especially starting out, not even really knowing a lot of what was going on, um, you know, and copy blogger was a huge source for me early on among a couple of other places. But it was just a lot of it was getting the language to mm-hmm. understand what it was. And so I... I was never interested in, from the very beginning, I was never interested in doing one-offs. To me, that never made sense in building a business. I knew that having lasting relationships with people was going to be the the fastest way for me to to build my business to a point that I wanted it at at that time. And so I always went in with that focus. And so sometimes I just didn't have the language around what some of that looked like. And so through that relationship, I was interested in seeing the results of my work. that, you know, some people call that conversion rate optimization that at the time I didn't have the words for it. I was just interested in knowing that it was working, you know? So, um, it wasn't until later that I figured out what it was. And then as, as I had more vocabulary around some of these things and was able to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like and who, who I enjoyed working with and figuring out where, where, I was going to be most valuable for clients. Um, that to me is the specialization process, but that takes time. Yeah. And, and I, I never would have been able to just come right out of the gate and say, I work with, you know, I, I do B2B copy or I'm focused on conversions or, um, even knowing necessarily how a retainer was structured at that point, you know, like some of that stuff, you, you just have to kind of get in the weeds and figure out, you know? So, um, I, I think to answer your question, I'm always looking to get better and more specialized and more focused, but whether, I, I mean, I do that because obviously it's helpful if people know what you do and, and who you do it for, it's easier to be referred out and, and for people to know if you're for them or not for them. Um, so I'm going to say the short answer after I've rambled for so long is <laughs> yes, I think specialization, specialization is important. Um, but if you're just starting out, there's no way you can do that or know right. any of that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think we, 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 we have a lot of ideas about what we're good at and what people are going to want. And then I was like that Clausewitz quote, you know, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. It's like mm-hmm. uh, you get in there and you're like, oh, yeah, nobody cares at all about that. You know, that's, that's interesting. So, and the thing yeah. that they want is the thing that you, you thought, really, that? That's, that's the thing. Okay. Well, yeah, totally do that. You know, sure. Yeah. And that, that even goes to the, to the specific words that I use to describe myself. I think, you know, when you asked me earlier what I do and who I do it for, I hesitated a little bit, um, because I still question sometimes whether content strategist actually resonates with, with some people, you know, I mean, I think it depends on who you're speaking to, but, uh, you know, to that point, another revelation early on for me was I stopped calling myself a freelancer because I felt like people had assumptions about what that meant and what kind of a value I was bringing to the table. And, um, I tried to distance myself from it. And so calling myself a copywriter or calling myself a content strategist, or sometimes even a consultant, which gets a little people, that's kind of a dirty word for people, but just playing around with the different language that I used in the way that I describe myself to potential clients was important to me because I, yeah. w- I wanted to test what the reactions were. Yeah. You know, I, I, and the reaction I was getting from 
calling myself a freelancer wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be positioned in their mind, you know? So those types of things were important too. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the things you find out, um, for those of us who have jumped into freelance is you start to realize how many of your fellow freelancers are really flaky, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so bad at deadlines. And, and so, yeah, not necessarily always, um, not necessarily. Oh, sometimes your, your colleagues have created some, some pushback on the, on the, on the term there. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you had some, you know, you talked to some friends about finding clients. And I know that anybody who's still listening to this podcast wants to know your client finding secrets. So, <laughs> so um, what do you, what have you found, you know, works, works well for you? Yeah. Uh, if there was a secret, we would all be doing it. And mm. if, if I had the secret, I wouldn't be telling everybody about it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not, I would share it loud, loud and proud. Uh, no, I, I, I've thought about this a long time um, because people ask me this all the time. Yeah, I I don't know that there's any one particular way to to find clients. I mean, I think I, I'm constantly evaluating. I sit down every six months or so. I write out a list of my clients and I I make a list of how I found them or they found me, just so that I can keep tabs on what's working and what's not. And I've tried a lot of different things. I've run ads. Um, I've gone to conferences. I've, um, you know, gone to networking events. You know, I, I, I do it all. I think the, yeah. the number one thing, well, maybe two things. I think the specialization piece is important because the more specific you can get about who you are and who you're for, the easier it is for people to talk about you. Um, you know, being a generalist, nobody quite knows what to say, but if you're, if you're the B2B funnel guy, for instance, um, right. right. And somebody says, oh, I, you know, I need help. I'm putting together this funnel and I, then they can go, oh, I know this guy. So that's one part of it. Um, For me though, and this is not going to be very helpful to all your introvert listeners, but I don't have any problem walking up to a stranger and having a conversation. So, and I'm, I'm constantly looking for a way to let people know what I do. Cool. That's cool. You know, I, I talked to an, I ran into a neighbor one time who I had never met in the alley taking out his trash and I struck up a conversation with him. And then two minutes later, I ran in my house to get a business card to, and my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I met a guy in the alley while I was taking out the trash. I, I'm going to give him a card. And she was like, what? <laughs> so like, that's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty shameless about it. I want everybody to know who I am and, and what I do. Um, because I know that they're looking for good people. And like right. you said, a lot of a lot of people are really flaky or ghost them at, in the middle of a process or whatever. And I'm not that guy. So I want them to know. Yeah, yeah. And it's, how do you feel about LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn is interesting. I've been playing around with it quite a bit, actually, uh, in the last few months. And I, I subscribed to Sales Navigator just mm-hmm. because it allows me to be really targeted about who I'm looking for and and you know, what I need to say to them and things like that. So, um, I am not a huge fan of cold emails. I think that there's a way to do it. Um, 
that that works and it's mostly just by being natural and the best response i've ever gotten from cold emails i never even thought of as cold emails in the first place it was me sending an email and being like hey i really i saw this thing and i really liked it and i just wanted you to know that it's awesome because i know sometimes this job can be isolating you know and, and not ever expecting anything to come of it and right. then those are those are where the opportunities come from it's the times when i've when i've read the blog post about here are five steps right to, right here are five steps to cold emailing correctly. And then you try something like that. And it's just, it's, it never works. It's cheesy. It's impersonal. Um, so I think LinkedIn is great for, for doing what you said earlier, specializing for figuring out who your market is and mm. the things they're interested in and what you're talking about and using it for some research purposes. I think if you're using it to blast cold emails and spam people, um, that's going to that's going to get you down a road you don't want to go and you're going to be super frustrated cuz nobody's going to respond. Yeah, well and it's it's so um you know, I think I think LinkedIn has a, some interesting potential as a truly a networking tool but um yeah, I don't I think people don't realize how many spam emails people get a day. Yeah. So I just, you know, I mean I'm at the point where it's like I mark them as spam cuz it's I'm mm -hmm. exhausted, you know. Like by the number of, and and I will say I do that when it's a, somebody has just sort of done this blast and they know nothing about what I do. So they email me saying, well, have you ever considered, um, you know, content marketing services? And it's like, okay, well, I'm, you know, <laughs> like my company is, has a content marketing blog that's kind of fairly well known. So it's really awkward that you're emailing me, you know, this thing that has nothing yeah. to do, you know, or people will email me like trying to sell me products. And it's like, yeah, we actually have a product that does that. So you're a competitor. So this is awkward. So yeah. Yeah. Don't, it, it, don't it's, do that. it's so, it's just so lazy. Um, yes. and, 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 and I, I will admit I've tried some of those things. I've done it in the intention of not looking lazy, you know, and taking the time to look at somebody's stuff and actually say something about what they do and, and whatever. Um, but it never feels natural to me, but no, I get that stuff all the time. I got one last week that was, they wanted to sell me enterprise software. Right. And I was like, I, I, did you even look at my website? I'm one guy. Yeah. What would make you think that I need an enterprise software solution? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, don't do that guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so today, do you think of yourself mainly as a writer or do you think of yourself as a business owner or, or does that even, is that even a meaningful question? Is it impossible to choose? No, I, I think that it's a meaningful question. Uh, I, I think that for me, I'm a, I'm a business owner first and foremost. And I, that's probably the way that I describe myself most often. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the writing is sort of secondary. Um, it, it just... This isn't going to resonate for everybody, but the, the writing piece feels fairly natural for me. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, the business is the part that I have to work at and the, yeah. the part that I'm, I'm always trying to improve and, and make better the writing part. I mean, there are ways to improve my writing and I, and I, I study some of that stuff too. And there's always, I'm always looking for what other people are doing and how I can do something similar. And, but, but the business part is the part that's the, the constant, um, iterating and, and, and pushing and, and growing that, um, that I focus on. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm the, I'm very much a 
a business owner first. Um, because without it, without being a good business owner, the writing doesn't really matter that much, to yeah, be honest. It's true. If I, I mean, if I can't pay my bills and feed my kids, then what, you know, what the hell am I doing? Well, and there's plenty of, of very like beautiful stylists, um, in the freelance copywriting world who just aren't making any money because mm-hmm. they, they don't know how to get clients and they, um, they don't know, they don't work well with clients and they don't know how to get the word out about what they do and, you know, all kinds of things. And so they're, and a lot of times because they don't know how to make clients happy because they don't necessarily, they're delivering what the client, you know, should want, right? They're kind of New Yorker level pros rather than what the client actually needs, which is, you know, something that talks about how to get signed up for you know, health insurance. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. I mean, the, I was, when I went into, I was, I had started off in the kind of corporate writing world and then moved out to freelance. And there's a lot to learn. Is there like one thing that you, if you had a friend who was going to go into, you know, good writer was going to try freelancing. Was there one kind of business thing that you would say, dude, you got to get good at this. It's going to, you know, it's going to make a big difference for you. Yeah. I think, this is funny. I actually had a friend text me this morning who said, I need to talk to you this weekend. I think I'm going to do some freelancing. And he's a, he's a professional journalist. So ah, I was, yes. I was sort of surprised by it, but he, he wants to know how to get started and what he needs to know. So this is very relevant um, because I've been thinking about this all day. I, for me, I think it's about being really cognizant of your processes mm-hmm. and, and making sure that you're documenting your own processes. And I know that everybody thinks about their processes, but I think that writing it down and looking for gaps and ways to get better at it is really important and and being able to create some systems around that because those are the things that are going to grow your business. If you can, if you can get faster by creating better systems and processes and templates and formulas and all of those things that are the shortcut to allowing you to do some of the more creative stuff that you were referencing earlier, um, there are some frameworks that you can put in place that allow you. I used to teach this when I was in a classroom. You have right. to have a framework in place to be creative. Yes. And yes. If, if I just if I just give you if I used to give kids free reign, they would they would freeze because yeah. they didn't know where to get started, and and that was the worst way to teach writing. And so it's the same thing when you're doing the actual writing. If you don't have some frameworks in place for yourself, then you're never going to know where to get started, and you're never going to give yourself the ability to start getting creative within some of those boundaries. So I think the systems, the processes, the frameworks, um, and those are, again, are going to come with time, but you have to start documenting some of that stuff so that you can figure out, you know, where you can make, make the most inroads. And, and again, from a business perspective, those things are going to speed up your process. And the way to be profitable is to, to add more value by, uh, you know, a, a variety of ways, but on your side of it, doing it faster so that you can charge higher rates. And I mean, that's the, that's the ratio you're looking for is like, how can I quickly deliver high valuable, highly valuable, high quality content to my customers while charging premium rates? Th- those are, that's the simplest formula I would give to profitability, but you can't get fast and you can't get better if you don't even understand what you're doing. Yeah. Totally agree. That's really good advice. Your friend is very lucky. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> let him know how lucky he is. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna totally interrupt you. Um, I've there, another thing that this came from my accountant uh, a couple of years ago was I was struggling 
to get out of a month to month mindset, Mm -hmm. just despite having done the work for quite a while. And, and he told me, you need to keep track of three things. You need to keep track of your pipeline. You need to keep track of what's in production and you need to keep track of who's in collections and you need to look at it every day. And if you can update that list every day, then you can move people in and out of those three columns and then you know exactly how much you need to bill each month or each quarter, or however you're setting up your billing system. But knowing exactly what's in process, what you're working on, and who's who's supposed to be paying you makes everything. That that was a game changer for me mm. because it, it it gave me a really simple system to compartmentalize what I was doing. Yeah, that's really smart. That is really smart. Any plans for the future? Any big changes coming up for? Uh for your business, for your site, for real good writing? Yeah. Uh, you, you caught me at a good time because I've, this is something I've been thinking about for a while, but, um, I, I think I'm pulling the trigger on it next week. I've decided to productize some services, um, and say no to more things. So okay. this is a, this is a struggle. This is, it scares the crap out of me, but, um, I, I'm going to do it. And, uh, I, I think that, it's going to play better to my strengths and it's going to deliver a lot more value for my customers. So, um, I I've gotten really clear about my own processes in the last few weeks and trying to figure out, you know, where I can deliver the most value. So that is the, that's the new focus in the coming weeks and months. Neat. Well, good luck. Good luck. I'm sure, I'm sure it will do great things. So um, for people who are particularly looking for a B2B copywriter who's <laughs> good with demand gen and lead gen strategy, where do people find you? Yeah, my website is rgwriting.com, and, um, or you can go to realgoodwriting.com. It redirects. I didn't own it at first, and now I do, so um, I own both now. But either one, cool. rgwriting.com or realgoodwriting.com. Um, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier. I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I have a Twitter account that um i'm i'm slowly moving away from posts about donald trump but i'm <laughs> it's it's i'm yeah. uh it's i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to make it a little more i don't know business focused to me my twitter is more of a personal thing but um that is at el cupa cabra cool good stuff yeah. all right well thank you this has been a lot of fun um and i just thought it would be fun for people to just get a look at somebody who's in the trenches. I know a lot of people are thinking about making the shift or they have made the shift and it's, you know, a little bumpy. So um, thank you. It's very kind of you to share your, you know, share your expertise with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, I would say, you know, if, if anybody has any questions, um, my email address is on my website or, or contact me through any one of those other places I mentioned. But um, yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions if people want to know more. And I will make one final plug. I am speaking at Denver Startup Week at the end of the month, too. So if you want to come um, learn a little bit, come check me out there. Cool. Very cool. All right. Good stuff. Well, thanks again. And so I have been talking with Chris Cooper, not the famous and creepy American actor, but the Denver B2B copywriter. So, Chris, thanks a lot. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. You too. You too.